I'm Dr. Clyde Posley, and welcome once again to Moves That Matter. Of course, I am your host, Dr. Clyde Posley, and I am excited to have you here, as I am every week, every Tuesday at 7.30 here, right on my podcast. Of course, you can get the podcast on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, you, you can just go to the purple icon on your iPhone and load every series of the multi, multiple series we've had. We've had some great viewership, some great followership. I want to shout out to the great, the fantastic people that I uh, was able to minister to in Muncie on last week at a diverse group of people. Uh, just a powerful uh, outpouring of God by the Holy Spirit about race relations and how there is no white, black, Latino, or Asian heaven, but the place of heaven is the kingdom of God uh, for people who have come to Christ and have made him their Lord. Listen, I want to tell you about a couple of things in this intro before we get to our theology and society moment. But I want to tell you about some great things happening in my life. Uh, but first of all, I want to I want to call your attention to a C-SPAN article I was blessed to do at the Asala, the at the African American Black Authors uh, uh, series in February, the first week of February. I was uh, randomly selected to uh, talk about my book, More Than Icons and Images, uncovering the hidden protest narrative of the Black athlete in the 21st century. And the uh, interview went so well that what C-SPAN decided to do was to create a, a small 30-minute production. They added some clips. They added some uh, a, a, other um, background to it. And you can catch that interview on C-SPAN. C-SPAN 3, you can go to the, the website and get it anytime. It's replaying at various times on uh, uh, cable networks, uh, cable uh, Xfinity, DirecTV. But you can go to the website at the C-SPAN uh, website, website and get it. Uh, at uh, C-SPAN 3. So that's that's something that's going great. I really appreciate C-SPAN thinking of me and choosing to help get the word out about what I'm doing with the More Than Icons and Images book. Also, excuse me, also coming up is a um, an event uh, tomorrow night. Tomorrow night there is an event I will be preaching at the Bethel AME Church at 6417 uh, Zionsville Road, closing out their miracle uh, week of revival, miracle month of revivals. Um, uh, Pastor Carlos Perkins there is there, tremendous preacher, great, very educated man of God, very poised and 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 classy man of God. We're looking forward to being with with him, uh, the Antioch family. And that's tomorrow night at Bethel AME at 7 p.m. I'll be preaching the word of God. God has given me a word uh, for this generation for on tomorrow, Wednesday night, May 22nd at 7 p.m., 6417 uh, Zionsville Road. And then thirdly, I want to remind us about a, a ministry that our church is starting. It's a Millennials on the Move worship service every Sunday morning, 12 a.m., uh, excuse me, 12 p.m., every Sunday morning, 12 p.m., and it's for millennials. It's for 40 and under. It's it's a unique style of preaching. I'm going to preach from a tabletop. I'm going to sit there with a, with a guest, and we're going to discuss the sermon that I've prepared that the guest knows about and is well-versed in. And from the audience, people can ask questions. This is going to be a one-hour service. We're going to have praise and worship. We're going to sow into God, sow into the kingdom. We're going to have this conversation about the sermon to be up on the big screen. And... Um, and you can ask questions. You'll be able to raise your hand, go to the mic, and ask questions, and we'll work it out right then. So you'll be getting a preaching and a teaching right then. 
it's going to be great. It's going to be fantastic. It's a mandate, an instruction for from God for me and my assignment at this part of my journey. I cannot wait for that. I'm looking forward to doing that. I'm also doing some great things on my website. I'm doing some curriculums, teaching in some schools, some leadership trainings, and I'm, I'm making some things available. So go to my website, drclydeposley.com, drclydeposley.com. Check out what I'm doing. Get information. Get episodes. Get lessons anytime you want. God bless you for being with us tonight. I'll be right back with our theology and society moment. You don't want to miss what the Holy Spirit has put on my heart today. Be right back. I'm back and I'm ready for our theology and society moment. The lesson for today goes like this. I love Magic Johnson. When I was a kid, I sat in, I used to sit in my uh, junior high school when he was at Michigan State wearing his green beta basketball shoes and just make capital M's when I had the chance to daydream. I love Magic Johnson. I've always cared about him, appreciate, just followed his career from the ups, from the downs, from his, from his selection, winning the championship over Larry Bird in 1980 uh, to uh, being selected by second by the Los Angeles Lakers, the rivalry between he and Bird. When he was uh, diagnosed with AIDS, I cried like many people in the country, including Larry Bird. And then and to watch God, the hand of God, keep him so uh, over the years has kept me a fan of the great bi basketball business and blessed life of Irvin Magic Johnson from East Lansing, Michigan. But something happened yesterday and the Lord used that moment to speak to my heart by the power of the Holy Spirit. And I'm convinced today he is going to use that moment he had with me sitting there in, in my uh, den. He's going to use that moment to minister to you today as I talk to you about uh, being a steward and keeper of my brother being a steward and keeper of my brother. Just one more time, being a steward and keeper of my brother. Yesterday, I listened to Magic Johnson on Stephen A. Smith's ESPN sports show entitled First Take. He had an exclusive interview with Irvin Magic Johnson, and the purpose of the interview was to give Magic Johnson an opportunity to explain why he so abruptly resigned as president of basketball operations for the for the Los Angeles Lakers, a team which he led to five NBA championships while capturing three MVPs and three most valuable players uh, awards in the NBA. Magic Johnson came to the came to the uh, uh, table, uh, the set of uh, first take and began to explain how he he felt that Rob Palenka, who had been appointed to work alongside with him by the owner of the team, Jeannie Buss, how Rob Palenka had been backstabbing him and and basically that him being backstabbed was the reason he so abruptly didn't inform his boss, didn't inform several people and just abruptly called a news conference and resigned. Meanwhile, several uh, weeks later, LeBron James, who had been recruited at the beginning of the open season for free agent signings by Magic Johnson through Magic Johnson's presence on on uh, LeBron James' doorstep at 12.01. The first person 
at 1201 when the, when the signing period opened, he was there at LeBron James' home in Los Angeles to re- recruit LeBron James. And LeBron James indeed signed with the Los Angeles Lakers primarily to, to do his uh, business exploits, secondly because of basketball, but thirdly, maybe more importantly, because it was Magic Johnson's team. He was being recruited by what is arguably the greatest team leader in ever. And after all, it cannot be argued that uh, LeBron James is a triple-double machine. And the, in the modern era, the person that made triple-doubles popular was Magic Johnson. It was established by Oscar Robinson, but it was perpetuated in this modern era by Magic Johnson. And the mantle has been picked up more so than by anybody by LeBron James. So no doubt it was a dream, an awesome opportunity to play with one of his role models, according to LeBron James. But Magic said something that I believe is a powerful segue into the teaching the Holy Spirit has for us today. And I want to tell you what it was. When LeBron James said on his show, he was shocked when Magic Johnson abruptly resigned, that Magic had not contacted him, didn't speak to him, didn't inform him that he was going to do it. Basically, LeBron James said, and I quote, he didn't say kiss my blank or anything. He said, LeBron said, I would have felt better if he said something to me like kiss my blank and I'm gone. But he said nothing. And Magic Johnson confirmed that he said nothing to LeBron James and went further in by explaining, well, that's the way I chose to do it. And I quote, that's just me. That's how I chose to do it. I don't live life with any regrets, end quote. These are the words of Magic Johnson. What Magic's words did not take into account was the fact that LeBron James' father had done the exact same thing to him. LeBron James did not know his father. LeBron James did not get to meet his father till sometime later. He didn't raise LeBron James. And and LeBron James is well chronicled in explaining how he was poor, felt lost, had no one but his mother, and didn't have confidence in men. He felt that it was, it was, it was, it was, slighted as a child and he had to, and and basketball by his own words saved his life and here in the place where God has used to save his life in his mind he receives another slam door in his face by a man who is there to mentor him that my brothers and sisters is poor brotherhood leadership it is terrible I'm not that Magic Johnson would be so insensitive, so selfish about what he wanted in that moment, and so defiant to what his responsibilities are as a black male leader and a business owner, that he would simply say, well, LeBron, in other words, and I'm paraphrasing, get over it. I made my decision. I don't go back. This is a tough sport, and that's the way it is. Magic. I'm sure you can do better than that. Is it that Magic Johnson forgot why he's alive? If you will remember some 25 some odd years ago, Magic Johnson was diagnosed with HIV, the virus that that causes AIDS. And yet, I I don't think the world has chronicled anybody that we know of who has lived longer with the AIDS virus than Magic Johnson. 
Can I tell you something, uh, my brothers and sisters who are watching me today? I think it's possible that magic forgot why he was alive. See, anytime God saves you from the, the a diagnosis of death or saves you from a sentence of death, it's because your assignment on earth is not done. And Magic Johnson, in the way he treated LeBron James, clearly, in my view, has forgotten that God doesn't save us for us to be selfish. He saves us to continue, continue to serve him. On this day, on yesterday, Magic chose not to serve his younger brother in, in, in the society, LeBron James. Not serving or not caring for your brother is not something new. In fact, the first act of domestic violence in scripture was directly related to the fact that Cain slew Abel, his brother. The first act of domestic violence that we have in the first family was one brother doing something that caused the death of another brother. And, and in the fourth, and, and in the second chapter, the fourth chapter of the uh, book of Genesis, chapter nine, we have God coming into the spirit of God coming into the guard, coming into the uh, atmosphere where Cain had sl- had slew Abel, and and asked Cain the question, "Where is your brother Abel, Cain?" And Cable and, and Cain arrogantly responds to the Almighty God, saying, "Am I my brother's keeper?" The answer is yes. You, if you were not expected to be care, to care for your brother and to, to care for about his well-being by your actions, God would have never come in the, in the garden and asked you where your brother were. And here's what signaled to God in the earth realm that he needed to be there. God says that he told Cain that your brother's blood crieth out to me from the ground. So the blood, the spillage, the fruit of the episode cried out to God to tell on Cain. I need you to know today that the plight of neglected brothers, black brothers, white brothers, Latino brothers, Asian brothers, cries out from the atmosphere today that we as a people or many of us as men are neglecting other men. You don't have to uh, go far to hear circumstances screaming, the unemployment rate that's being manipulated today. Many people believe this notion that the, that because uh, nationally the unemployment rate is uh, uh, supposedly lower, that things are going better. Unfortunately, part of the reason the unemployment rate is lower is because many people have two jobs. Many groups have two jobs. Many, many single parents, single, uh, many brothers have two jobs and they're taking up the space that's designed for one because they can't make enough in one job's wages to make it. So they have to have two job wages just to equal what one standard of living wage should be. The, the, the blood, uh, the, the, the spillage of our brothers cries out, uh, not only in unemployment, but in the violence. That they that, that we see uh, with 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 the murder rate constantly climbing, particularly here in Indianapolis, the 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 condition of our brothers, our mistreatment of our brothers, cries out in in the suicide rate among so many pastors and 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 so many pastors walking away without congregations and deacons uh, caring for their pastor. 
you know, part of being over the business that deacons are supposed to be over, according to Acts chapter 6, is related to caring for everybody in the church. And that includes the pastor. So we have a responsibility, excuse me, responsibility to steward the otherness of people. When people are not like us, we run into a brother that's not like us. If God has brought this brother into your midst and the Holy Spirit has arranged for a meeting, you have to do as Philippians chapter 2 and verses 5 and 6 say, look not to your own things, but also to the things of others. I was concerned, and I'm not judging Magic Johnson. I didn't say he was going to hell because of his conduct. I'm not condemning him. I am a social critic. I'm a political uh, scientist. I'm a social scientist, and I critique. A, a person with a doctoral humanities degree, that's what they do. They interpret events for their overall grand narrative value and what it speaks to and uh, what the simple things do to speak to the larger narratives going on in society. That is a concept mastered by Jacques Lacan, a great psychoanalyzer. I need to tell you that what Magic Johnson did speaks to a grander narrative that is un- that is a- un- underway in America and in our world. We are selfish by and large. Most of us go about life only looking to get what we can, can what we can get, and dig a hole to bury the rest of what's left in the can for our future use. We are selfish, too, far too selfish as a society. Many of us do not consider the fact that, that we are only alive to help other people. Did you know, brothers and sisters, that your gift was not for you? He gave it to you, but for the edifying of the body. God has not gifted you to do anything just for you. And other people, he's given them their gifts so they can serve and help you. Be edified in the sight of God. As long as you think that what whatever gift you have has been given for your consumption, you will never glorify God with those gifts. In this instance, about this thing, Magic Johnson has lost sight about just this narrow frame thing I'm talking about here. Magic Johnson lost sight of his responsibilities. You are not rich, Magic, because you've been good. Help me, Holy Spirit. You are, you imagine in his, in his earlier years, Magic Johnson was a self-proclaimed playboy and whorish kind of guy. That is how he acquired the HIV virus. Magic forgot in this episode that he had a responsibility to someone else other than himself. Cause anytime in life, your only self preservation is driving you. It's hard to hear God and only focus on yourself. What are the steps that can be taken in order for a person to be a better steward of others? The first thing that can be done for us to be a a better steward of others is to understand that you are blessed to be a blessing. You are blessed to be a blessing. There's a story that is discussed in the Gospels in the book of Luke about a man who who was rich and uh, he was confronted by God uh, after, after statements that he made. The man said... That, look, I am so rich, I have nowhere to restore all my goods and all my money. So what I'm going to do is build bigger barns so I could bestow, so I could sit around and have all my stuff to look at. And I'm paraphrasing. 
God says that God approached him according to this parable. And it's the only time that God is depicting as calling anyone a fool in the scripture. The scripture says here that God says to this man, thou fool tonight, your life will be required of you. Then he asked, God asked him a question. And then whose things will these be? You do, you're finding ways to hoard and protect your own assets while you're not even voicing any concern about what you can do to be a blessing to other people. God is never wanting us to be so selfish that all you think about is how you felt. Magic said that that's how he felt and that's how he, but see magic. Here's the problem. One of the problems you were mad at Rob, Rob Palenka, but you punished LeBron James. You were upset and you let the actions of someone, you said that you don't let backbiting in that interview. You said you don't let backbiting and things like that get you down or dictate your behavior. Magic, that's a contradictory statement. Because apparently backbiting and mistreatment from behind your back does bother you because you let the actions of Rob Palenka cause you to neglect someone who was in your corner. So now you hurt someone who was pulling for you because of someone who was pulling against you. Can I tell you something? Don't let the fear of what somebody's doing behind your back make you neglect the people who are in your face. Boy, that's good stuff. And I think if my producer could get close enough to me, he would give me a high five. Don't let what people are doing behind your back make you neglect the people who are in your face. Magic, you did not handle that right. You did not handle that right. So one of the first things we can do is to not be selfish. We cannot be selfish. We have to be mindful of, of the consequences of being self, selfish and not caring about anybody but yourself. In, in Luke chapter 16, there is a rich man who had a, who, who, uh, at his home, a beggar was laid every day. This rich man every day, the Bible says he fed sumptuously there in Luke chapter 16. That means he was sharp, sharp as a tack or sharp, as my mother would say, clean as the board of health on Sunday. He was sharp and he every day he stepped over the poor beggar. Well, the Bible goes on to say there in Luke chapter 16 that one day the uh, beggar died and also the rich man died. The scripture says that the beggar was ushered into the arms of Abraham, symbolizing that he went to heaven. But the rich man, the Bible says, opened his eyes in hell. He, the scripture goes on to explain that it was the treatment of the rich man, the man with the goods, of his, the man that had nothing, that landed him in hell. Let me quickly get to my point here. If you, if you don't, are you, pastor, are you saying if I don't help the people begging by the side uh, of the highway, I'm going to hell? No, I'm not. Are you saying that if I don't give everything that I have to people, whether they tithe or not, should I do that? No, you shouldn't. That's not what I'm saying. What I am saying is, is you, you should let the Holy Spirit tell you how to steward your wealth. Because he's, he, didn't, he didn't just give it to you to have. You are a conduit. You are a distribution center. Humans are distribution centers. And the love, the fruitness in the spirit, the love, joy, peace, the long-suffering, gentleness, meekness, temperance, the gifts, the finances that we have, 
They, we are distribution centers in the earth realm, and we are to distribute those things to the places that the Holy Spirit wants us to minister to take them to, or else they sit in our in the storeroom of our heart, and, and things just sitting in your heart do people in need no good. I said things as a human distribution center. Things simply sitting in your heart do the earth realm no good if they just sit on the, the dock of your heart and never are distributed to the people who need them. Somebody needs what you have. And many people don't give and won't distribute because they're selfish. They think that they, they lose by giving. I want to tell you that you don't lose by giving. You only win by giving. The Bible says God loves, in 2 Corinthians chapter 9, God loves a cheerful giver. And here's how he rewards a cheerful giver. He says, and God is able to make all grace abound toward you so that you always having all sufficiency in all things abound to every good work. That's the only place in Bible, in the King James Bible, where it says, if you change your mood about giving, God will make grace follow you. Listen. That's going to end this teaching today, and I'll be right, right back next week with part two. But I want to remind you, go to C-SPAN, check out the interview. If you can, catch me tomorrow night, uh, Wednesday night, at the Bethel AME Church at 7 o'clock. I'll be preaching a powerful message uh, uh, from the gospel. And also, please go to my website, go to go to YouTube, my YouTube channel, go to uh, Instagram, go to Twitter, Facebook, every night, seven, every Tuesday night, 730 and you can get all the information you want about me from my website. Listen, it's my joy to bring you the word of God. I'll be back next week with part two of stewarding my brother. God bless your heart. I'll see you next week.